Welcome to Flashback, a podcast by the Okaloosa County Public Information Office. Get ready to dust the nostalgia off your sleeve as we talk with Okaloosa citizens who share with us how things used to be. I'm your host, Nick Tomacek. It's time to step into your imaginary DeLorean, tap your flux capacitor, and flash back. Today we're flashing back to a previous flashback, a part deux, if you will, to the water boggin history. This, my fellow flashbackers, is the origin story. Just to remind you, Waterboggin was a water slide on Okaloosa Island from 1977 to 2004. It was built on a large mound for people to slide down, much like modern-day water slides, but the actual slide part was made instead with concrete and fiberglass, painted blue, and people slid down the water-infused slide on a mat over and over and over again. So the last time we talked about Waterboggin, we heard about how local teens that worked there made some memories, made a little money, and engaged in what some might call devious behavior. I personally remember doing some pretty dumb things as a teenager and as an employee at the, at the water bog, and it was actually known as Pleasure Island Water Park at the time. We would have a little disposable camera, and sometimes we would just take pictures of the hairiest backed people we could find, and then we had a little photo album of all these hairy Get out of town. (laughs) No, I think I still have some of the pictures. That was Gareth Stearns and Gina Burns-Fonte talking from our previous episode on Waterboggin. If you haven't listened to that episode, check it out. Uh, The reason we're revisiting this topic is because I found out who the owner and builder of the Waterboggin was. I'm sorry, Waterboggin, and how it came to be. Well, actually, I didn't find it out. The son of the creator of Waterboggin in Northwest Florida reached out to me. His name is Harvey Fleming. Harvey Fleming, he spent most of his life on a farm in North Okaloosa County before settling with his wife in Shalimar. But Harvey has a rich North Okaloosa County history background. His great-uncle, Benjamin Haywood Sutton, was the first sheriff of Okaloosa County. Sheriff Sutton served as the executioner for the first hanging in Okaloosa County. It was for one of the convicted defendants in a murder case. That hanging, according to a few accounts, was widely attended by thousands of people, and people were selling popcorn, snacks, and drinks. The man convicted, Robert Blackwell, was even reported to have shaken hands with onlookers as he walked to the gallows. I guess you can say our idea of entertainment has changed over the years. Well, continuing with Harvey's background, his father-in-law was Cecil Anchors, who served the county as clerk of court for 32 years, beginning in 1948. And Harvey's father, Clarence Leon Fleming, was a county commissioner from 1948 until 1960. Harvey's dad ran a sawmill in Milligan in the early days of the county and was pretty successful in that business. But Clarence Fleming's entrepreneurial sense extended beyond the pines of North Okaloosa County, and in his later years, he embarked on a new venture, the creation of Waterboggin on Okaloosa Island. In talking with Harvey, I also learned about the different types of pines we have in the county. So I left this part in, and some of his story might also explain why Eglin allows people now to purchase a $1 permit to cut your own sand pine down for a Christmas tree. Here's Harvey telling the story of how his dad went from timber to tourism. Later on, he went into sawmill business and uh, uh, did well. Started his first bill at Blackman. (laughs) 
and I'm about 53. And then there was an existing mill at Milligan, then he bought it in 54 and ultimately moved and rebuilt a new mill and so on. So that's what I did when I got out of college. I came back and worked for my father. And when he retired, my brother, who was also working there, he and I bought the business and ran it until I retired. Okay. So what was the name of the business through the years? It was Fleming and Sterling Lumber Company originally because he had a partner. Okay. In 1962, he bought his partner out and incorporated it as Fleming Lumber Company Incorporated. Well, I would imagine, so So I guess a lot of the lumber that in the early part of the century came locally, right? Oh, well, like you talk about if you want to build a house... Uh, where would you get the lumber? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or, or I mean, did people did people cut down the trees locally, and then that's why you know that's where you guys got your lumber in the sawmill and everything. But eventually, I guess trees ran out, right? No, because uh, we started replanting early on. Now, okay. Back in the first part of the uh, century, a Baghdad Land and Lumber Company. Have you ever heard that? I've heard of that? They yeah. were big, big, big. They had just hundreds of thousands yeah. of acres of land, but they only cut the choice trees. Because they were, they were making up big squares to uh, to ship to Europe because of the red heart in the longleaf pine. Okay. The Europeans loved it, and they would ship those over there. And then the buyers would resaw it into whatever product they wanted it to be. So they only they only cut the cream of the crop. And they desert, you know, when, when they got all they wanted cut, they quit paying taxes on it. The government ultimately ended up with it. As, my, as I understand it, mm-hmm. a lot of that land from the Baghdad Land and Lumber Company ended up in uh, Blackwater River State Forest, Eglin, uh, well, what was uh, Choctahatchee National Forest at that time, okay. and then up in Alabama, Conecuh National Forest. I'm, I've heard that all of the bulk of most of those holdings came from Baghdad Land and Lumber Company but I hadn't seen it in print anywhere. We have four basic pines here. Okay. Sand pine, which is the one that looks like a Christmas tree, and all it does is hold the world together. Okay. <laughs> uh, slash uh, loblolly is the faster growing, uh, but the grain in the tree is more open grain and doesn't make it strong lumber. Slash pine is the next one. It, it doesn't grow as fast, but it has better grain, and, of course, longleaf is what this country had for centuries Mm. and it's a very slow growing uh very tight grain very strong lumber uh usually a fairly good straight tree so long leaf is what we really wanted but we couldn't couldn't get the seedling so we planted slash instead Hmm. eglin planted i don't remember they planted thousands of acres of sand pine because they thought it would grow quickly grows really quickly and would make pulpwood well the grain was so bad, the cellular structure was so bad that the paper companies wouldn't buy it. So they ended up converting. Recently, really started in the 90s, they oh. would cut down the sand pine, have it ground up uh, into into chips, send it to the paper company, and they would use it for boiler fuel. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, boiler fuel. And then they replanted everything with, with longleaf. Long That's leaf. all they planted since then is longleaf. You said your dad built uh, the water bogging? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tell me, what was uh, that? Story. How old were you when he... Well, uh, of course, uh, uh, he. it was somewhat after he... When he retired in 74, my brother and I bought the business from him. He had already got a motor home before that time and was doing a fair amount of traveling on his old Winnebago. Went yeah. to Alaska one time. 
So uh, one of his early trips uh, after he retired took him through Gatlinburg. Oh, yes. Well, just north of Gatlinburg in that Dutch little town up there, there was, you know, lots of hills right beside. And he was at a, a motor home park there, and across the road was a, a water slide. It was built on the mountain so they didn't have to haul the dirt in the soil. So he got to watching that thing, the number of people going in there, and, and he knew what they were charging for each one to go in. So he got him a chair out there and a yellow legal pad, and he no. started counting. And when he got finished counting how much money they were pulling in over there, he went over to talk to the owner, a franchisee. And the franchisee put him in touch with the company that built them, the water bogging company, and he got the franchise for all of West Florida from Panama City to Pensacola. So that's why that's when he built the one there on uh, Okaloosa Island, and then he also built one at Panama City Beach after that. Okay, what do you do? You remember any any time? Do, were you involved, or did you see any part of the construction or in that? I, I probably saw some of the construction, but I was not involved in it whatsoever. My mother and father were divorced in '62, and the lady that uh, my father married had a son and a daughter, and. Uh, he became pretty close to his son, his stepson, and okay. he he was in the water bogging business with him at both places. Okay. They had a t-shirt shop out on what is now Scenic 98 right at the county line. They okay. they had sold all kind of t-shirts out there. So he was, you know, he was he was a businessman. He just wasn't a sawmiller anymore. I love an origin story. In this story, there are actually two origin stories. The origin of the county. The timber industry was the main reason why Okaloosa County began to grow. And it's also the origin of a long-gone water boggin that served to amuse thousands of families for over 20 years in Okaloosa County. That's going to do it for this episode of Flashback. I want to thank Harvey Fleming for coming in and talking with me. He had a lot of stories about how life was in North Okaloosa County, and I enjoyed his insight into that world that was before my time, and probably before many of all of you. This episode was recorded and edited by me. April Sarver is the public information officer for Okaloosa County and is the executive producer of this show. Music is by Jason Shaw on audionautics.com. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you around town.